Oscar weekend. Oscars coming up on Sunday. Here with a bit of an Oscar preview for us is our friend Peter Howell, movie critic for the Toronto Star, also, of course, past president of the Toronto Film Critics Association and a member of the Critics' Choice Association. And Peter joins us now. Peter, good afternoon. Uh, how excited are you for the weekend? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I always like Oscar night. It's it's, uh, it's like at the end of my fiscal year. <laughs> I'm sure you're kind of your Super Bowl, right? Exactly, yeah, or the Olympics, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I always told my bosses. Okay, well, uh, tell us about this uh, year's Oscars. Is it going to be a little different than we've seen the last couple of years? From what I hear, what I understand is that this is really going to be kind of the first Oscars that's going to feel like a, a bit of a pre-pandemic Oscars. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I, I, in terms of people showing up in person, yes, that's for sure. I think it'll be a better show than it was last year. Um, but in terms of um, the, the way things are going, you've got two two top contenders of both from streaming services, like Apple's Coda and Netflix's The Power of the Dog. I think that's the first time you've had two streaming services that are that are considered to be the front runners in a thing, which is really something. It's also the first time that you've had two films directed by women to be the main contenders. And the other great thing is that um, it looks like the underdog is going to beat the top dog. I think Coda is going to beat uh, the power of the dog, which uh, is not the vote I would cast, even though I, I love Coda. But um, it, it's pretty. Everybody I've talked to seems to think Coda is the one. Okay, uh, but uh, you think Coda? You would not vote for Coda as best picture, but you think it's going to win? Why is that? It's just. It, it, I think this may have something to do with the pandemic. I think people really want a, a feel-good story, like a Hollywood-type story, and this one just has it there everywhere. It's about it's about a family of deaf fishers who um, the daughter is the only one that can actually hear, and she has to help them with their boat when they go fishing. It's by required by law, but she wants to go off and study and, and study become a singer. And so there's that great tension there, but it's also really great family dynamics. You know, Troy Kotzer is the dad, and Marley Matlin is the mom, and Amelia Jones is great as the daughter. Um, it's Nobody doesn't like Coda, but I've met a lot of people that would amazes me that don't like The Power of the Dog. I don't really understand it, but um, I'm a critic and you know not a regular moviegoer. All right. Is there any other nominee for Best Picture that might surprise us? You're right. Power of the Dog and Coda seem to be getting a lot of the uh, headlines, but is there anything that might surprise us as Best Picture, do you think, amongst these nominees? Yeah, it's funny. Belfast by Kenneth Branagh, like a memory piece, that would have not been a surprise a couple of months ago. Uh, that that in the fall the fall festival season that looked like it was going to be the one that would go all the way to best picture, but that has lost so much energy over the last little while. It just didn't win all the pre awards that you need to win to get there. So it would be now would be a surprise if it won. Um, you might also see um, you know King Richard is a sort of an unlikely one. You know Will Smith, but Will Smith's going to win for best actor. Um, you know West Side Story you can't count that up. The Steven Spielberg it's a beloved property. It has seven nominations. Um, but those would all be surprises if, if, if Coda or Power of the Dog don't win, huge surprise. All right, let's not forget Dune as well, of course, with Canadian Denis Villeneuve uh, directing. Uh, what is it about this film uh, that's uh, got it, uh, so much great attention? I think part of it is just an incredible spectacle. I mean, Denis did a really smart thing in sort of really making a point about people seeing it on the big screen, which you really have to do that. But also he took a, what a lot of people consider to be an unfilmable novel, you know, Frank Herbert's Doom, which frankly I've never loved all that much, but it's like a, it's like an absolute doorstop. He's he's managed to make it into real drama, and uh, it's really quite something. And um, I kind of wish there was more of it. It's one of those rare movies that I wish there was more of it. But he is doing a part two, so um, it's just it's tremendous Hollywood spectacle, like a David Lean kind of spectacle thing from the past that I think people are, will identify with. But I don't think it has pretty much zero chance of winning Best Picture. Although it'll, I think it'll win the most Oscars on Sunday night. It'll win mm. a whole bunch on Sunday night. 
Interesting. All right. And by the way, just before we leave Best Picture, of course, uh, we got 10 nominees. They expanded the category a few years ago. Some people are critical of that, think it's uh, too many. But uh, I got to say, we've run down most of them uh, here in the last uh, few minutes, uh, Peter. This has been a really good year for film, don't you think? I mean, these are some really well-made, good pictures. Yeah, there's only one in there I consider to be a dud, which is Don't Look Up. Like, I, I, I love Adam McKay's earlier work, but I just think this one's a mess. But, um, you know, uh, it's got a lot of Hollywood stars in it. I think people are attracted to that. This is actually the first year that they've locked in 10, 10 nominees. Like, they, they switched to a, ten, a potential 10 uh, vote in 2009. They decided to start this year going forward to lock it in at 10. So that greatly increases the interest and the amount of, people, amount of films that can win Best Picture. All right, let's move on to a Best Actor. You mentioned a moment ago you think Will Smith here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he, he does a fantastic job. I mean, here, here's basically a story about the two tennis stars, Venus and Selena Williams, and, and he makes it about their dad, which uh, he, sort of, he sort of steals the show in a way. But it, it's a really affecting, convincing, you know, uh, powerful performance by Will Smith. He's, he's a beloved actor, and, uh, and he, he deserves this, although I would personally give it to Benedict Cumberbatch, but that's getting to be like a, a lost cause. Um, I think it's going to be Will Smith all the way. And uh, a, a real, well, not necessarily a surprise, but Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, would be a deserving candidate. He does a great job uh, doing the story of the guy that wrote the, the, the stage play uh, Rent. Um, a lot of people love that. that that's a potential sort of uh, spoiler there. All right, let's move on to Best Actress next. And there's a lot of good contenders, a lot of great nominees this year in this category. You know, interestingly enough, none of the five nominees are in Best Picture nominated movies which is a very rare event because so, so it's hard to, to figure out who might, any one of them could win. I personally would like Kristen Stewart and Spencer, but again, I think I'm kind of a lone wolf there. Um, I think it'll probably be uh, Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye because she won the Screen Actors Guild Award. Um, there's a lot of, people love Jessica Chastain. She's been nominated before. There would be a very popular choice. Uh, uh, there could also be Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. You know, um, she's always great and, and, and would be, it was a really affecting role as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an unexpected mother. So, um, yeah, but I think it's going to be Jessica Chastain. Okay, and really interesting, you and I, last time I think we spoke, Peter, we were talking about just how tough it is for an actor to portray somebody who's been in the public consciousness, is so well known. And it's right. really interesting because three of the nominees this year in the Best Actress category do that very thing. That's right. You know, like you have Nicole Kidman playing Lucia Ball, and you have um, what's the other one? Yeah, Kristen Spencer playing uh, playing Lady Diana. You know, right. I've actually met Tammy Faye Baker, who uh, Jessica Chastain plays, and it's it's like seeing her on screen is like seeing the real Tammy Faye. So I, I you know, I'm really blown away by that performance. Um, but I, but I personally would give it to Kristen Spencer, who I think did a really amazing job, you know, illustrating the pain of mental illness, and and really made me think of Princess Diana. So I would give it to her, but you know, that probably won't win. Okay, let's move on to Best Directing. Who do you think is uh, going to walk away with the trophy, the Oscar for Best Director this year? Interestingly enough, and, and the same with my, my film group, uh, we split our vote as well. Um, it's going to go to Jane Campion, who's been nominated before. She's only the second, she only is the first time a woman's been nominated twice for Best Director, and, and women rarely get, get nominated in this category. Um, she she um, seems to be beating everybody else just by virtue of she did an outstanding directing job that people recognize, even if they don't like the movie. So she, she's pretty much locked in to win, but um, you've got some really solid people with you know, Kenneth Branagh, Mr. Hamaguchi from Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson, Steven Spielberg. A lot of good contenders there, but, but the general, the, the feeling is it's going to be champion. All right. Uh, and give us kind of what do you think is going to be the biggest storyline coming out of the Oscars uh, Monday morning? Uh, what do you think we're all going to be talking about? 
I think we're going to be talking about the the, the underdog story tri- triumphing like that. It's uh, it really is. I mean, you, it's not since 1932 has a movie with with fewer than than four votes been nom- been considered the winner. Like if it wins, you have to go back to Grand Hotel in 1932, like 90 years ago, for when a movie with that few number of nominations and not even the key nominations wins Best Picture. So that's 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 a tremendous, you know, a, a, what do you call it, underdog or Cinderella? I guess underdog's more appropriate this year. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just, you know, in a time when people have been having so much bad news and so many bad things happening to have a really affecting family story, I don't have a problem with that, even though I personally would give it to Power of the Dog. I think it's I think it's pretty close to a masterpiece. But, you know, you'd expect a critic to be that way, wouldn't you? <laughs> Absolutely. I want to go back to what you mentioned about streaming services for a second. Are we starting to see, do you think, uh, with the Oscars, uh, a real sea change when it comes to these movies that uh, aren't necessarily in the theaters, that they uh, come out on Netflix or other streaming uh, services? We absolutely are. You know, the, the, the Oscars bent their rules to allow movies that were you know, they, they they had it because of the pandemic, because many theaters were closed. They had to change them so you could have streaming services. Like whether now, will they go back to that next year when when it really opens up? Hopefully, um, that remains to be seen. But if if either Power of the Dog wins or Coda wins, you've got a streaming service movie triumphing. That signals a real change in the way things are going and the way the Oscars are going. So it's it's kind of hard to call, but it, it is a significant event that that will know will know more about it in in the fruition of time. Yeah. A significant event, but is it a positive one? Do you think? How do you feel as a film critic and somebody who's spent countless hours in a movie theater watching movies? Exactly, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I love the big the big film experience. I personally think if more people had seen Power of the Dog in a big theater and in, in a big screen, that they would have loved it more. Like when people talk about being slow, I think it's because you didn't see it on the the absolute beauty of the screen. So I would be very sad if the Oscars become just another version of the Emmys. You know. So, uh, it's a different you know, experience for sure, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. It really is. Even Dune, I mean, Dune benefited from the fact that it had a lot of IMAX plays and, so, you know, even Sinistere, things like that. I mean, Villeneuve was really smart to push for that. Um, I hope more people, and, and even if you haven't seen, if you, even if you've seen Power of the Dog on a small screen, go out and see it on a big screen if you can. All right, Peter, really appreciate you setting up this weekend's Oscars for us, and I know you're going to join us on Monday as well for a full recap. Look forward to that, and enjoy the Oscars. We'll see how right or how wrong I am, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Peter Howell, film critic for the Toronto Star with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.